mission. Come on, I've been here for three months. I say it almost every, every Sunday. The transition is, if you have your Bibles, <laughs> if you have your Bibles, let's get into the word of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Psalms chapter number 84, verse number 10. As we all stand for the reading of the word, <laughs> I kind of, I'm in one of those moods today. I'm not sure what I'm going to say. I hope I don't embarrass myself or embarrass anyone else. Maybe I'll just, I'll just pray through real quick here. <laughs> Who knows what God's going to do today? Just, I, I feel it in the air. I just feel it in the air. I may say something crazy, and hopefully I won't say anything too crazy. It, Psalms chapter number 84, verse number 10. If you have it, say amen. amen. If you can see it on the screen, say amen. See, there you go. Everybody's, everybody's on board. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. We're going to speak for just a few minutes today on serving between the eternities. Serving between the eternities. Um, why don't you set your Bible down? Go across the aisle. I want you to shake hands with somebody. I want you to look at somebody and tell them the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, maybe not the first thing that comes to your mind, but say something nice to someone. Just for a minute before we get into it. Hopefully no one said anything too rude to anyone. I, I, I knew I set myself up for failure there. I said, say the first thing that comes to mind. And there's some of you that's, that, that shouldn't be an option. <laughs> All right. Good to see everybody. You may be seated. <clears throat> Serving between the eternities. Understanding the word of God and understanding uh, the house of God is very important. And understanding here uh, in our scripture text, courts and, and, uh, and tents, we need to understand um, something very important about the, the context of the time. And during this time, we have um, in, in reference here and definitely in recent memory of the, the writer, the wonderful tabernacle of Moses. That beautiful, wasn't beautiful at all, it was, it was kind of rugged and, and rough, that tabernacle of Moses. Uh, it, was, it, it was a tent, but it wasn't just a tent. Uh, you had the tent, most people are familiar with the tent, uh, and I won't go into all of the symbolism and all of the layers there, but, 
basically within the tent you had the, the front two-thirds of the tent was called the holy place, and the back one-third of the tent was the holy of holies. But it was more than just a tent. The tabernacle of Moses was more than just the tent. Uh, it was also a piece of real estate. It was a, a piece of property. It was, it was a piece of land. And uh, it had a border that was a, a white linen fence that uh, stood 10 feet tall. It was rectangular shaped surrounding the tent, that piece of property. And that whole structure and that whole piece of property was called the, the Tabernacle of Moses. Uh, once inside... Uh, the, the fence, once you're on the property, so to speak, you went into what was called the outer court. You were officially in the outer court, and there wasn't a lot going on in the outer court. There were basically two items there in the outer court. There was the, the bronze altar uh, and the bronze laver. So you came upon the altar first, which is very significant once you're on the property, in the ground, you come up on the altar and it was the first thing that you saw, but it wasn't the last thing you saw. You came past that into something a little bit smaller and it was that, that bronze laver that would come to symbolize a washing or baptism. Uh, but let's go back to the altar just for a minute and it's very interesting to understand the, the altar was not only the first, item, the first piece of furniture there, it was the largest. And that was, that was very significant there in that it's very important that the altar be the largest thing in your life. Very important that in, even in a New Testament church that we understand that the altar is supposed to be really big. It's supposed to be really big in our minds and in our eyes. We're supposed to understand that the altar should be the biggest thing in our lives. How many understands that? Thank God for an altar. Thank God that there was an altar. Thank God that I found an altar. But thank God that that altar is not still back there. It's right here today and I can still go to the altar. And I should go to the altar. Every single day of my life, whenever I wake up in the morning, I should find an altar. I should find a place to sacrifice and say, you know what, today, Lord, I'm born. I'm shaping in iniquity. And even though I know You, I need to understand today I'm starting a new day and I need to, I need to lay down my life. Right now before you, uh, the Apostle Paul said that I die daily. I need to find that altar every single day and I need to recognize it needs to be big in my life. It needs to be large and in charge, the altar. Going back to the text though here, uh, uh, Psalms 84 and 10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. Uh, <clears throat> it's kind of interesting the... It, the, the, the wording there, uh, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I, I, I would rather be a doorkeeper, he goes on, but I, I want to focus right, right now on that. For a day in your courts, just in the courts, just in the outer court, for one day in the outer court is, is, is better than a thousand and it's interesting that he's focusing right here just on the outer court because the outer court is not the 
holy place. It's not the holy of holies. It's, it's not the candlesticks, that, those illuminating candlesticks. It's not, the, it's not the table of the fresh stacked baked bread. It's not the amazing smells provided by the apothecary. It's not the, oh, that mysterious veil. It's not that. It's, and it's not the Ark of the Covenant, the mystery of all mysteries. It's not the Ark of the Covenant. It's not, the, it's not even the brightness of the Shekinah, the, the settling mist, cloud, the presence of God concentrated. It's not even that. It's just the outer court. It's just the outside looking in. It's just the, it's just the altar and the place of washing. But he's saying that the, just a day there is better than a thousand. Just a day there. And I want us to understand something. That outer court is, is pretty significant because it's not all of these awesome things that we read about. It's, it's not the concentrated presence of God within the sanctuary. It's just the outside property. It's basically turning off of M62 into the parking lot. It's basically just saying, just a, just a day in the parking lot is better than a thousand. It's, it's saying, just if I can be on the property, just if I can be close, just if I can, just if I can be on the outside looking in, even that is better than a thousand. But... Better than a thousand what? Why do you stop right there and not give us any other indication? Okay, we understand according to context, you're saying better than a thousand days, but better than a thousand days where? One day in the parking lot is better than a thousand days where? Be more specific, please. You know, I, I would love it, you know, if you, could just, if you could just really dial it in for me and not make me have to look and dig and search just a little bit deeper or think just a little bit further. Better than a thousand days, where? Where's the noun, David? Help us out, bud. Come on. Maybe he answers it right there. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand days. I would rather be... A doorkeeper. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents. And he's referencing tents there because he's already referenced the tabernacle tent. I would rather be a door, I would rather be in the parking lot holding the gate open to get in than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. One version goes on to say, than to live a life of ease and leisure in the pursuit of carnal pleasure. I'd, re I'd, rather, I'd rather stand at the parking lot with a gate to get on to the parking lot. I would, I would rather just be there than to live in the holy of holies in the tent of a pursuit of carnal pleasure constantly. A hedonistic way of life for my whole life. You understand something there about the importance of being not only in the presence of God, but even being close to the presence of God. 
just even in the parking lot of the sanctuary. David introduces here. He's, he's the one that introduces uh, time comparison. He's the one that introduces in our text a time comparison scenario. One day versus 1,000 days. And I want to, whenever I'm preaching, I have to, I have to remind myself that I'm preaching to a lot of different people and a lot of different understandings and a lot of different perceptions. And so I need to make sure that I clarify. That's the reason a lot of times you'll hear me say one thing and then I will say it again in a slightly different way. And then I will say it again in a slightly different way. Sometimes I will say the same thing three or four times in three or four different ways just so I'm making sure that everybody in whatever level that you're at in understanding is understanding what I'm saying. And I believe that this is all about communication. So if we're not communicating with each other, uh, then we've got a problem. Then we need to, uh, we need to reevaluate. So I, I need to understand. So David is introducing time comparison here. He's one day versus a thousand days. Now, I believe that our entire concept of time is of no consequence. That's, know, that's difficult to swallow right there. That's difficult to understand because once you start getting into space-time continuum and the ideas of relativity and the ideas of... And I'm trying, I'm trying not to get into the weeds. I, I, I really live in the weeds quite often and it's enjoyable, but I really don't need to stay there. I need to clarify. Hopefully I can make it clear as mud today. But our entire concept of time is of no consequence. Einstein introduced the theory of relativity and he, he tried to break it down for people to understand and he was, he was trying to break it down in ways that anyone could understand and he said, well, the easiest way to understand it is that whenever you're in pain, it feels like time goes on forever. But whenever you're enjoying yourself, time is quick. Long versus short. A little bit of perception there. A little bit of relativity to your situation. A little bit of relativity uh, regarding your situation versus someone else's situation. Did you ever think about Jesus and His first miracle, turning water into wine? Do you ever think about that, the significance of that miracle and how great it was, and even untimely in some sense, but yet timely in another. Jesus somehow made a perfectly aged fine wine. In fact, it says that it was the best wine. It was the absolute best wine that was served at the end. It, it, he, he made a perfectly aged fine wine from grapes that never existed. Now, how can someone do that? We know how someone can do that because he's a miracle-working God manifest in the flesh. Well, we understand that, but let's not go beyond that. Let's, let's start to evaluate a little bit. Let's start to dig a little deeper. He made a perfectly aged fine wine from grapes that never existed. I call that wine Chateau Lafitte. Now, if you understand Scripture, you understand the joke there because the water that he turned into wine was foot water. So I call it Chateau 
Lafitte because it was foot water. It was the water that they used to wash their feet on the way in. So he turned this water that was completely muddy and dirty and filthy, he turned it into the finest wine that they, know, that they, that they could have known or could have tasted at the time. But he turned, he developed, he made a perfectly aged fine wine from grapes that never existed. So where did the grapes come from? More importantly, where did the time come from to age the wine? Where did the grapes come from? Well, that's, uh, that's a miracle in itself, but if it's a finely aged wine, many of you know that the older a wine ages, the longer it ages, the better it gets. Where did that time come from to age the wine to serve instantly. That's just the kind of stuff that just, it bakes my noodle just a little bit. It makes me think, it just how big is this miracle working God? How big is this miracle that He's performing? He's creating something from something. He's creating something beautiful and wonderful from something nasty, but He's creating it using something that didn't exist, using time that He didn't have. I want to say it again, our entire concept of time may be of no consequence whenever you're serving a miracle-working God who transcends time. May be of no consequence at all, or it could be of consequence. It, oh, that's, the, that's the paradox that is this thing called faith. It's just it's so interesting. It's so, it's so mind-stretching to grasp or try to grasp. If you think about this wall over here being the beginning of time, and you think about this wall over here being the ending of time, we have a God that is currently right here with us in this room. But He's over there at that wall, which is the beginning of time, while He's right here with us. But He's also not just there and right here. He's over there at the end of time, at that wall. He's, he's there. He's here. Now we have a try to have a concept as much as as difficult it is to understand how God can be omnipresent. That that is that's not as difficult for me to understand as it is for me to understand how He can be not only everywhere at the same time, but He can be at anywhere in time. How can He be at the beginning while He's also at the end? How can He be working over here and creating while He's also wrapping up and putting the final bow over here at the end while also giving thought and mind to us right here in our present? How can He be doing that? Well, that's just the kind of God that we have. He's much bigger than we could possibly imagine. 
So whenever you pray to this God that transcends everything, you're not just praying for a God that is right here among us right now. He's also right over there. He's also right over here that says, I can do something there for you uh, while you're asking for something from me right now. No, stretch. stretch. My mind is about to blow up. But not only is He right over there, and not only is He right here, and not only is He right there, He's also on the other side of the wall. He's not only on the other side of that wall, He's on the other side of this wall. So not only is He all throughout space. He's all throughout time. But He is outside of time. <laughs> I can smell. It's, it's, it's like wires beginning to fry. It's like, what? <laughs> how big is this God that, that we're talking about? Well, that's just how awesome a living God truly is. Now, if you want to serve any random God, if you want to serve a football God, or if you want to serve just some silly little statue or whatever that can't do anything, can't answer you, can't see the if the, the end from the beginning doesn't know what's going on, then you go pursue those. But in this church and in, 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 this, in this assembly, we're going to trust and we're going to believe and we're going to worship the living God that transcends. He's outside of time. He's outside of space while also simultaneously being in all of space and in all of time. That's big. That's big. Because before the time began, right over here at this wall, there's a stretch of eternity going on forever. And whenever time ends right over here, now who knows when that will be. For some of us, it'll be uh, sooner than later. But whenever all of time and all of creation ends, which this, uh, it's represented by this wall over here, there's an eternity on the other side of that wall. And here we are in this little window between the eternities trying to grasp and understand this God. Trying to worship and walk with and, and trust and obey and Walk with this God. And whenever I start to understand how big He really is, I start to, I start to understand how David said here, I, I just want to be on the property. I, I just want to be just one day, just one day in the parking lot is better than a thousand days in any of the greatest places in this world. 
Just one day, if I can just get to the parking lot of the church, if I can just get to the property, and if I can, I'll just sit in my car on the property if needs be. I'll just stay out there as, as long as I'm there. Just one day there is so much better than I could possibly imagine in any club in this world, in any place of higher education in this world, in any place of, of, upper echelon employment and career choice in this world, in any place of amusement and place of leisure in this world, in any ski slope in the, in the Alps, in, in any lake in Michigan. Just being in the parking lot for one day is better than a thousand everywhere else. Just being in the parking lot. And, and, and whenever I, I think about that, maybe I'll get out of my car. And I'll just, I just want to be a doorkeeper. I just want to serve. I just want to do something to serve this incredible living God that transcends everything that we see and experience and I've ever known in my entire life. I have a shelf life. You have a shelf life. We all have expiration dates. We're all going to have an end time. And God is going to transcend that. He's already there. He's already at the ending. He, it, it, this is what blows my mind. He is at your birth right now. The day that you were born, He is there right now. The day that you die, He is there right now. This day where you're seated, struggling to stay awake, listening to this boring preacher, He's here with you right now. He understands where you came from and where you're going. Better than we could possibly imagine. He understands. He knows. If you could picture, if you could picture your life, if you could just step back and view somehow, just as God can do, if you could just step back and you could recognize that we are in this little sliver of time within the eternities. And that wall is, let's say this wall is not just the beginning of time anymore. This wall is the beginning of your life. And that wall is not the beginning of, or the ending of time. It's the ending of your life. And if you could step back and you could start to picture your life as a parade going from the beginning... The day you were born, eight pounds, eight ounces, however big you were. I was a big baby. I was nine pounds, nine ounces. Came in just uh, ready to eat everything. And I, I, the day I was born, he, 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 if I could picture my life as a parade starting down this journey of life and recognize that whatever decision I make, is going to affect that parade going ultimately to that wall right there. Because there is no turning around on this track. There is no veering off and, uh, and avoiding. There is only one track from this wall to that wall. And here we are, each individual walking or riding. 
trying to make right decisions, trying to pursue the right path. And maybe, maybe we were walking with God, maybe we're not. Maybe, maybe we started walking with God, but we made a wrong decision and we got off the path and we started, and we started down another path. But no matter what path you veered off on, you're still headed to that wall right there. You're still headed for a destination with that wall, with an encounter with that wall. God is saying, whatever you do in this life, understand, you only have this one. Don't, no, don't let all of the, the ear-tickling uh, uh, philosophers of this world uh, sway you into under, uh, having a false understanding. It is appointed to man once to live and then the judgment. It is appointed to man to die, once to live and to die, and then the judgment. That's it. You have one wall there and one wall there. Whatever you do in between. So here we have this God that transcends all of this. As I'm, as I'm marching through life and I hit struggle after struggle, this train doesn't stop. It just keeps going to that other wall. He's saying, I can be with you because I'm still there and I'm with you here, but I'm also over there. Help me help you, he's saying. Don't get to that wall any faster than you have to. Let me help you. Whenever you pray, understand that I transcend all of this. Whenever you're on this parade of life and you're going to that wall and you're going, understand that whatever hiccup you suffer, whatever, whatever speed bump you go across, whatever trial that you go through, whenever you call on the God of heaven, He can not only meet the need, but He's still back here wherever the speed bump was. And He can not only help you there in your present, He can take it out of your past because He's still here. I'm sick. I, I've developed some sort of abnormal problem within my body. And now I've got, I've, got, I've got something in error and I'm developing a tumor. I'm developing this. And God, I need you to heal me now. He's saying, I can not only heal you now. I'm right back there whenever the genetic code was altered just a little bit that caused you to develop that way over there. I can fix it right here and cause it to have never happened. Or cause it to have never developed. Isn't it amazing whenever you think about a God this big? How important it is to understand how how, how great it is of an opportunity. To even be close to Him. Or even be close to somebody that's close to Him. I thank God for people of God in my life. Whenever I have been veering off the path, there has been someone in my life that stepped in and just said that one word of encouragement. Just spoke that one word to me that helped me to understand. Oh, oh wait a second. I need to do a course correction here. 
There's that one person that said, that one person that said, I, you, you, can, you can do this. You can, you, can, you can have a relationship with God. You can fix what went wrong in your life. I understand. That. I'm, I'm getting into the weeds. I'm getting into the, the mud. I'm getting into that stuff. It's so hard. It's so hard to keep this, uh, this thought going because it's, everyone's minds want to go in a thousand directions right now trying to piece and reconcile all of the information that I just gave. And you're thinking back to all of the events in your life in the past. And you're thinking ahead to the events that are possibly coming in your future. And I just want to tell you today, want to remind you, it's the will of God that we serve the kingdom of God between the eternities. While we're here now, within this space-time continuum that He has placed us on, in this sliver, this window of opportunity, He says, just, get, just at least get to the property. Just at least get to the parking lot. And whenever you've, got, you've gotten to the parking lot, guess what? There's an invitation to go beyond the parking lot. There's an invitation to go into the holy place. There's an invitation to go in and start smelling that wonderful bread. There's an invitation to go in and see the illuminating power of the candlesticks. There's an invitation to go in eventually and get into the Holy of Holies. That's what's so good about our God. He's saying, yeah, you may, you may, as long as you have that desire, just one day, just one day, I'll even just get as close as I can for one day. He's going to say, you don't have to just stay at one day. You can live your entire life going in and out of the presence of God. You don't have to just stay in the parking lot. You can go deeper into the things of God. You can bake your noodle all day long on the mysteries of Jesus Christ. I want to know Him. I want to know Him in the power of His resurrection. Who doesn't? But I also want to know Him in the fellowship of His suffering. I want to know Him at the highs. I want to know Him at the lows. I want to know Him where I, where I feel powerful. But I also want to know Him where I feel really weak and broken. Because that's where really knowing Him is. And you can know Him. You can know Him today if you understand it's better one day. One day is better than a thousand anywhere else. One day is better than a thousand days at the highest of heights. One day here, if you just change your perception. Oh. I feel the Spirit of the Lord right now. I feel the Holy Ghost beginning to minister. I feel the Holy Ghost beginning to speak into someone's life right now and convict you of your, uh, of your desire to pursue other things. Whenever He's saying, I want to know you. I am the God that created everything. Everything seen and unseen. I am the God that spoke something from nothing. I am the almighty living God and He wants a relationship with each and every one of us. Why is it that we feel like that that's not good enough for my career choice or that's not good enough for the path that I'm walking? Guess what? It is good enough and it's more than good enough because He is the almighty God that wants to slow our minds down to a thinker's pace and help Him to help us to understand how big He really is. He's infinite. He's infinite. 
Do you know that He's much bigger than your theology? Whether you come from Pentecostalism, whether you come from Catholicism, whether you come from agnosticism, or whether you come from atheism, or whether you come from Protestantism, it doesn't matter what ism you come from or what, where you currently are. He is bigger than you could possibly imagine. I start to delve into and I start to study and I start to dig and I start to dig out and I start to realize I'm not even scratching the surface. The more I start to see and understand of Him, the more I realize He's so much bigger. I wish I had the picture on the screen. And I I showed some people just the other day. He's compared Jesus Christ. The image of the invisible God is is described as an agate. He's described as a stone outside Side is looks just like an ordinary clay, uh, hard clay stone. It looks so common and so plain. But if you cut it open, there's so much level. There's so much mystery. There's so much beauty. There's so much light. There's so much layers of, and there's so much different colors. There's so much complexity to the stone, and that's what Jesus Christ is described as. He, he's bigger than we could possibly imagine. But don't, as long as you're just looking at the outside. It's just going to look like just a common brown piece of rock that looks common and worthless. But once you cut into and dig into, you realize this wasn't common at all. This isn't 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 common at all. I wish I could put it on the screen. I wish I could put it on the screen for you. Okay. Look at that. Boring. Look at that. Inside. Look at that. Boring. Look at that. Beautiful. Look at that. Boring. Look at that. Beautiful. That's Jesus Christ. Common. Nothing beautiful. Look at the layers. Common, nothing beautiful. Layers, mystery. How can you be this and be this at the same time? I can't see it from the outside, but once I get into, look how beautiful that is. Boring, beautiful. (laughs) Boring. (laughs) Starting to get a few laughs, good. Beautiful. That's what he's referred to. That's what he's called. I'm sorry you guys don't get to see over there. This is the church today. (laughs) Boring. Beautiful. Boring. That's Jesus. He's so common. He was just a good teacher. Man, he had some good proverbs. He had some good sayings. That's really Jesus. Look at the complexity. Look at the layers, the depth. Boring, beautiful. Jesus, I want to know you. I want to know you. English is so, such a flawed language. 
we can't say what we really mean because there's no words to really describe what we really mean. When we say we want to know Him, what does that mean? I just want to know Him from some stories that were passed down from generation, or do you really want to know Him according to what the Word of God says about Him? One day, one day, I just want one day, one day, one day. Could you imagine the mindset that it takes for someone? Somebody like David, who is a type of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Somebody like David to say, just one day, just one day, just one day being remotely close to this is better than a thousand anywhere else as we all stand. I would rather be a doorkeeper. I would rather just serve in whatever small, insignificant way that I possibly can. Well, that's, that's our understanding of the Scripture. And there's, there's a, there's a, there is a way to view it as, as lowly. But I don't just view that as just lowly. I see it as the greatest opportunity of anyone's life to say I get to stand and open the door to usher anyone that wants to into the kingdom of God. In whatever way, whatever capacity that I have to understand the complexity of Him, I know that my mind is finite and I only have so much, so many ways, so I have so, such a limited level. But I know you, you're different than me. Maybe you can dig a little deeper. Maybe God can reveal something to you just a little bit deeper than He's revealed to me. So let me hold the door open for you and let you come right into the presence of God, into the kingdom of God. There's somebody in this city right now who's struggling with addiction that God's saying, I want to reveal myself to them. Help me get to them. Hold the door open for them and let them in. Hold the door open for them. Usher them in. Because really, really, that's all it's all about. That's all. I would rather be a doorkeeper just helping people, pulling people in. Come see this Jesus that's so much bigger than you learned about. He's so much bigger than sweet little eight-pound baby Jesus that you heard about stories growing up. He's so much bigger than that beautiful little baby lying in a manger that we celebrate at Christmas time. He's so much deeper. He's so much he's so more so much more layered. There's so much more facets. The light reflects in and out at so many different angles that it's not possible for us to understand, but he wants anyone and everyone to get a glimpse. 
So let me hold the door open for you. Please come in. Please come in and see this. It looks like a rock to me. Well, there's some of you, that's all it will ever look like to you. But if you look a little deeper and you crack it open just a little bit further, you're going to see so much more level and layer than you could possibly ever imagine. This is the Jesus Christ that I'm speaking of. And if you really want to study the entire tabernacle of Moses represents Jesus Christ. But it looks like just an old rotten tent out in the desert. There's nothing beautiful about it until you start digging in a little deeper. Until you start searching and going into the outer court. And then beyond the altar, the brazen laver, I'm washed, and now I get to see. And now I get to see the layers. The true oneness of God. The true oneness of God. And the true wholeness and completeness of God. Wants to be revealed to anyone who wants to taste, who wants to see, who wants to know. Let's lift our hands just for a moment. It's a time for introspection now. I went over a lot of material in just a short period of time. I went over a lot of stuff. And I hope that you're being very introspective right now. And you're examining your life. You're examining where you are. You're examining your parade. From beginning to now. And what ultimately will be an end. But it doesn't have to be the end. Our God is a God that's such faceted. He has a way of whenever you reach that end of this natural life, that you will be ushered through that wall into joy and presence that you've never known before. Just one day... Just one day, I can get a taste. I can experience. I can, I can get a down payment of my inheritance. I can get, I can get a glimpse of, of what is on the other side of that wall. Of what is on the I can't really see through it now. I mean, I, I, I can, I can, I can kind of grasp from, from uh, uh, reference and I can kind of understand that there's something over there, but... If you get a taste now, if you, if you get a taste now, just one day in the presence of God, you can start to realize when I get to the end of this life, I get to be ushered into an eternity with Him where there is fullness of joy and peace and glory that I can't possibly imagine. And it is for you. 
It is for me. It is for you. It is for you. It is for you. It is for anyone and everyone who wants it. Lift your hands. Jesus, help us. Help us, Lord. 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 I want to see you for who you are. I want to see the true depths of an almighty God. I want to see the facets. I want to see how great you truly are. I want to see. I want to know. I want to be with you. I want to know you. I want to experience this. I want to experience the supernatural revelation that you have for each and every one of us to help us understand the mysteries of you, the depths of you. this altar area is open for anyone and everyone that wants to come and make a fresh commitment to Him. If you've never experienced, if you've never repented of your sins, been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, been filled with the Holy Ghost, been filled with the life-changing power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, today is your day to experience that. Today is your day to feel that. One day, one day I'm going to get a glimpse. One day I'm going to get a taste. And then it's going to go from one day into many days. And I'm going to go on and on and on. In the name of Jesus, come. Come as they turn up the music and as we begin to worship and, and praise Him. Let's reach Him. Let's dig. Let's push just a little bit further. Jesus, you're so much bigger than I could imagine.